everybody. My name is Danny Grant, coming to you from Austin, Texas. I am an artist, a drawing and painting instructor, a podcaster, and I would like to welcome you to the studio. This is the place where I interview and talk shop with other professional artists, and we get an inside glimpse into their daily lives as professional artists. On this episode, we get to hear from the other side. No, I didn't talk to dead people. By the other side, I mean we get to hear from one gallerist on the gallery's perspective. I called Lance Reyes from Reyes Gallery in New York City. Reyes Gallery is a family operation run by Lance, his father Howard, mother Amy, and sister Alyssa. This was a fun interview. Lance was very straightforward and I think did a great job explaining why galleries are still very important to artists' careers and how to maintain a good working business relationship between artist and gallery. So please enjoy my interview with Lance Reyes. All right, I got Lance Reyes on the line from Reyes Gallery. Lance, how you doing? Welcome to the studio. Pretty good, Danny. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing this, man. Um, I'm really excited about this because um, we've had it's it's just going to be really great to get a gallery's perspective because sure. I've had I've had some some prominent artists on the show and um, some of them don't deal with galleries at all right now. So I'm excited to get interesting but uh, understandable. <laughs> okay, well, cool. Um, let me. Okay, so it's funny. I sent you a, a list of questions ahead of time, and, and we were just talking, and I was saying, hey, man, not <laughs> not to worry about that last one. I kind of threw that in, yeah. but uh, what's really cool is that you jumped on that and said, no, let's start with that. So the question was, um, why do galleries get a 50% commission on sales? Well, actually, the question is, why should galleries? So, why should – yeah, right, um, sorry. So a lot of <laughs> – to be completely honest, we, we do we do work on a 50% commission basis with, with all of our artists. Um, and I've heard stories from other dealers, uh, just to put this out there, that there are other galleries that, that work on a higher percent commission, which I find wow. actually very surprising that artists... Yeah, well, my, yeah, uh, that is surprising because my thought is like, okay, well, we're at 50%. There's no way this could go beyond 50%. Yeah, and, and I mean, because... I, think, I think when it comes down to it, it, it really has to do with what what the gallery is doing, and granted there are a ton of galleries out there across the country that have a different scope of their business. Um, some galleries do art fairs, some do shows within the gallery, um, some mm -hmm. don't really do, do anything like that. Um, and then on top of that, there's all the marketing, advertising, and all the other costs. So there's a, a big range uh, of galleries out there and in terms of what they're doing for their artists, and I think that really factors into, into why, why a gallery charges the commission they do, and um, and it sort of supports the the variance in in the market uh, for for what a gallery charges their artists. And at the end of the day, you have to remember that the gallery artist relationship is is a really a business working relationship. Um, and as as awful as it may be to say, the artist is producing a product, and and the gallery yeah. is, is marketing and selling that product. Um, so as I mentioned, you know there there are a lot of costs, and and I can only speak personally as you know what we do at Raised yeah, Galleries, sure. and um, so as I mentioned, we, we work on a fifty percent commission structure with our artists, um, and and that pays for really a lot of of what we do on the artist's behalf. Um, so in a, in a given week, uh, just to kind of gauge you, what you do, um, yeah. how many how many hours do you spend you know in your studio a week painting? I mean, uh, probably thirty to forty. Right. So it's so a it's a full time job for you. I mean, you're you're spending yeah. most of your time there. Um, and then as as a representative, uh, as the gallery, um, we're spending our you know our forty fifty hour week, whatever it may be. Um, you know putting the work out there, whether it's through uh, email marketing, um, whether it's through social media, which we do a lot of, uh, whether it's art fairs, which we do about eight to 10 of a year. So we're, we're traveling on the road. Um, and then we do a few shows in the gallery. So all those things um, really you know, take up a lot of time. And, and at the end of the day, they, they cost a, a good amount of money. Um, yeah. So for us personally, we're, we're in New York. Um, 
our base rent, I guess, is going to be higher than most you know other galleries across the country yeah, sure. if you're in a smaller market or what be it. But um, I guess there are some galleries that you know that bigger galleries that that own their spaces. You know, we're up on the eighth floor. We have a typical you know office rent. We're nothing, something too extravagant, um, but it's expensive. So that that has to be factored into you know the the commission of it all, the bottom line. Um, and then some of the other things that we do that I was mentioning was we, we do art fairs. So those, those can range, um, in price anywhere from a few thousand dollars, um, you know, the lower end or ten, twelve thousand dollars for just a weekend, just the basic booth, booth rent. Right. And then you can range all the way up to, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. I know there are other galleries bigger than ours that, that can spend a hundred thousand dollars on a booth. You know, when you're going down to Art Basel or one of these bigger shows, yeah. So, uh, well, we, I can imagine also there's a ton of cost in the the travel where you're oh, packing up all the paintings. I was right? I was going to get to all that. Yeah. Um, so you know, on top of, of shipping the works out there, um, flights, uh, staying in a hotel, wherever you may be, um, yeah. and and I'm sure when I'm sitting here as as a gallery owner talking to an artist, uh, I could imagine a lot of artists say, "Well, that sounds real nice. You get to travel around the country, all these different places." <laughs> yeah. You get to meet all these people and blah, blah, blah. But, but I don't think that, and, and you know, we're, we're a small operation. It's a, a family gallery. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just me, my father, my sister, my mom. We, we do all of our own packing, our own setups. We work the fairs ourselves. So yeah. uh, for us personally, it's a lot of work. Um, a show, a typical show week for me looks like me coming out to wherever the location is. Uh, typically, I'll go to the show the day that I get there double check that the walls are set up right, the booth is laid out and you know everything is is good for hanging. And then we'll come in first thing the next morning and we'll typically spend eight to ten hours there uh, laying out walls, hanging, uh, setting up lights, setting up the tables, doing everything. Um, and for the most part it's scheduled so that we set up one day, we'll have the following morning and the show will open that night. Um, so it's real, it's, it's, it's actual work as soon as we get there yeah. really and we're working till the show opens. And then for the most part, fairs are open from 11 a.m. to 8 at night or so. So I'm inside for the most part during the day and then uh, I'm grabbing some dinner because I haven't eaten much during the day, uh, getting to right. sleep and I'm doing the same thing the next day. Uh, yeah. A show will come down on a Sunday night, will break down by like 10 p.m. And I'm flying home the next day to get back in the gallery. So it's not a lot of... Uh, you know, leisure time or, or travel time, you know, right, enjoying right. it. It's a lot of the time I'll maybe out in California, you know, in the middle of the winter, which is nice to get out of New York, but I'm <laughs> sitting in a convention center all day. So, um, right. it's nice, but it, it really is a lot of work, you know, to do the fairs, sure. uh, all the costs that go into it. And then when you really break it down, it obviously depends on, on the level of artists you're working with. Um, you know, right. for, for us at Reyes Galleries, we're working with more, um, emerging artists, uh, really entry level. We just did a show with, with a bunch of art students from the Annie Art Academies. Um, uh -huh. So their price point can be down, you know, in the hundreds of dollars up to a few thousand. Right. And then the upper end of our range, uh, you know, you're talking maybe 20, 25,000. Um, so it's not huge price points. So mm -hmm. um, when, you, when you're talking about the cost that go into a fair, and then you're talking about a 50% commission structure, you really have to look at what almost yeah. your your price per per foot of wall is and what you're showing there and whether or not you can actually even cover your costs so that right you know that sure. factors into what shows we do and what we can do you know it, it limits our the scope of our business to some extent but i mean that's where a lot of the costs go as i mentioned you know we just did a show in the gallery with an art academy and um and all the costs that go into producing that whether it's running ads in in different magazines or doing advertising on Facebook and different social media sites, or mm -hmm. the production of the catalog and the mailing of that to our clients, yeah. and all these costs sort of add up. Um, yeah. And I can say, you know, pretty pretty truthfully, uh, that you know, doing a show like that, a really relatively small scale show in the gallery, can can run, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars in just those costs when you not even factoring in the rent or. Right. Or, you know, these other, you know, the cost of, of the time that, you know, me and, and my sister and, and my father spent planning the show and, and doing all the work, you know, a show like that can take eight, eight or so months of planning. So there's a lot that goes into it. And at the end of the day, um, you know, it was a fairly successful show. We sold quite a number of works. 
but we don't make a, you know we don't make a ton of money on on doing it. A lot of the reasons that that we're involved in the contemporary art that we deal in, um, you know, we focus on academic realism, uh, more traditional art. Uh, so we specialize in 19th century European paintings, and that's sort of what mm -hmm. we've done for for quite some time. And we felt that working with the contemporary artists that are sort of continuing in those traditions would be in a way of, of giving back to that that artistic community um, and giving them a platform to show. Uh, so that's a lot of the reasons that we sort of do what we do. Um, like I mentioned, we, we don't make a ton of money on doing it, but uh, I think given our platform, you know, we're in a position where we can we can offer that to to a lot of new artists, you know, up and coming artists. And, mm -hmm. um, and we do enough other fairs, uh, you know, through through our 19th century gallery where we can we can piggyback uh, the contemporary works off of that and show them at similar fairs. And and it's it's sort of a growing thing for us at this point. We've started venturing out and doing some you know purely contemporary fairs. But for the most part right now, we're doing a lot of art and antique and, and more traditional uh, fairs. Um, so that's yeah. sort of, you know, how it's how it's come to be in the scope of what we do. Um, but getting back to the commission, it really, it, it all factors down to, you know, the cost of, of what it takes to, to continue running a gallery. Um, yeah. and at the well, so many times, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but, um, I mean, I've thought so many times that like, I can't even, I don't even know how a ga a gallery stays in business. Yeah. So many well, times I've just. The reality is a lot of them don't. I, I can, yeah. can tell you, we hear about it constantly, um, you know, and, and I follow a lot of the news that, that goes on in the art world, but galleries all the time that are declaring bankruptcy going out of business because it, it may seem like a, a really a, a great uh, business to be in, you know, being a gallery owner, but there are a lot of, um, a lot of potential issues, um, yeah, well, I guess that's my I guess that's my point is that it kind of doesn't seem like a great business to be in to me. Like, like I can't imagine. I don't know. And, and I guess I guess maybe by saying that I'm admitting that you guys you have to have the fifty percent. Right. Well, it's, and, it's a difficult position because at the end of the day, yeah. um, like you're saying, the, uh, I think the instinctive reaction that an artist has is is why is this gallery taking half of half of what I've worked right. so hard to produce. Yeah. Um, and, and I think what, what I, I try to communicate to all of our artists and to any artists I come in, in contact with. And, um, and, and really this is just, again, a testament to sort of how I do things. And that's really all I can say. Uh, granted right. the art world is vast and there are a lot of, uh, a lot of people that do a lot of other that, you know, work their businesses other ways. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll speak to how I do things. Um, you know, I try and be very honest with, with everyone and, uh, and just sort of, um, I don't know, lay out exactly how, how we do things at the gallery there. So it's, yeah, sure. I mean, like I said, a lot of it comes down to covering our costs. Um, and I think we're pretty upfront with, with the artists of what we do, you know, on their behalf mm -hmm. in terms of, of marketing and, and all these other things and how we how we try to you know build their their brand because um, at the end of the day that's that's essentially what they are your 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 own brand you know we uh, we have to build a market for you so that you're heavily collected um, and that's that's how you become successful uh, that's right. how you can continue doing what you're doing so um, yeah well let's get let's get into that a little bit about what what's the process of um, so say you get a, you have a new artist in the gallery, an artist who who's an up and comer, yeah. and um, you know they haven't they're not really collected yet. Um, what's the process of of getting that artist in front of your collectors, and then and then convincing collectors who might, um, I don't know. My, I, actually, I guess I'm, a few different things yeah, are occurring no, to me while I'll, while I'll I address, ask the question. But I'll, I'll get into the process, I guess, that you're okay. getting into, and and I'll take it one step back, and that would be okay. getting into the gallery in the first place. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have some a couple of notes here that I'll, I'll go through with you. Um, okay. So the first thing that that I really stress to any artist, and I guess where there are the the greatest potential pitfall for any artist sub submitting works to a gallery. Um, has to do with consistency. 
Um, okay. So there's nothing really worse than, than an artist submitting a portfolio and me reviewing everything and taking the time, you know, to, to go through everything and make the decision that we're going to start working with an artist. And then for them to, you know, come in their first time and deliver, uh, deliver works that are either, um, well, most shockingly will be in a completely different, you know, subject that they, they submit right. works of. Um, uh -huh. And then um, to a lesser extent would be uh, works that are not of the same quality. Um, mm -hmm. So something that that's a drop off uh, from, from what I thought expected to get. So, right. um, a lot has to do with consistency and that continues on through, you know, the relationship. Um, there's really nothing worse than, than an artist who, who's building a market for themselves and then has, um, a change in the quality of their work because, right. um, anyone that's known them, anyone, any of their collectors or anyone that's been following them comes to expect a certain quality of work. And mm -hmm. when it's not there, uh, it's, it's a disappointing reaction that you get. Um, sure. And I think that uh, that's probably one of the most damaging things. I don't know exactly how you recover from that uh, when you put bad work onto the market. So you have to really be careful yeah. with what, what you're putting out there and, and the impression that you're giving to not only the collectors, but to galleries too, as to what they should be expecting, you know, in a, in a long-standing relationship with, with an artist. Because at the end of the day, uh, when a gallery takes on an artist, they're expecting to work with that person for a considerable period of time. I mean, um, you know, getting back into sort of the commission thing and, and, the, and the money of it all. Um, when I take on a new artist, a lot of the times I may be doing, you know, these art fairs or, or advertising that far exceed, uh, you know, the money that I'm, I'm recouping from selling a work. If I'm selling something for $2,000, $2,500 and I'm running an ad yeah. magazine that costs two thousand dollars and like you said we're working on a 50 percent commission structure and getting 1250 back yeah. uh you know i'm not really covering my costs and then when we get into art fairs and the price of a, a wall that you know that you give up so mm -hmm. so um what, what i was saying was is that you're looking for something long-standing so that eventually you can recoup those costs and, and eventually start making money because at the end of the day that's that's what we're here for um yeah so uh, you wanna you want consistent work. Um, you want work to come in regularly. Um, so that would you know go more into uh, you know the pace of the artist and how quick they paint, mm -hmm. um, and then more so personally with their their personal drive um, as an artist and what they're looking to accomplish. Uh, yeah. But you really you know you want to find an artist who's who's completing work in a reasonable amount of time that. Uh, the market's not going to dry up. Um, what about the idea of scarcity? Is is there can an artist produce too much? Um, too well. See the the interesting thing about too much, it all has to do with the gallery and and sort of the yeah. way they do business. Because at the end of the day, the gallery is going to be the one releasing the works. Um, right. So and and we'll get into you know some of the other factors that sort of play into yeah. that that exist in today's market with social media and, and I think artists wanting to you know be ever present and show people what mm -hmm. they're doing and what they're working on and as soon as something new is done um, yeah but exactly to that point is that if if an artist um, isn't putting things out there themselves and the gallery is is regulating the flow of material to the market. Um, they sort of have their finger on the pulse of that, and uh, that's sort of their job, and yeah. and it regulates that. So if an artist is producing a, a considerable amount of work, the gallery can you know say you know hold on to something, keep it in the studio, um, or they can you know the gallery will take it all and, and it'll release you know on their website or through their collectors works in a slower manner. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that sort of has to do with the, the pace of the work. Um, and I was when I was thinking for this is again dealing more with my gallery um there are a number of artists that we work with that that's a very it's the exact opposite problem really is um is they work very slowly um yeah so there are a few artists that that take several months to do works you're talking you know three four five months to do a painting and then uh at the end of the day as a gallery you're getting two three four paintings a year out of this person um mm -hmm. So it's, it's difficult to, to give them a presence, you know, it's difficult to, to bring them around to different fairs because if you're selling right. the works fairly quickly, you don't have material to show, 
Uh, and then it, it makes it a little bit more tough to, to build that market and to build a name for them. Grant, yeah. it's, it's great that, that you're selling product, but uh, that, only does so, that only does so much for you. So, yeah. It's, it's so is there, um, let's talk about subject matter consistency. Um, okay. Um, there's, yeah. I mean, pretty broad. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to formulate no, 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 a, a specific it's, it's question, but um, and I would assume that you're, you're more addressing, um, artist fluctuations in their subject matter and, well, I mean, for me, it's there's several different. I mean, I'm primarily doing still life, okay. um, but there's like there's definitely other things that I want to explore, and I'm I'm doing that. It hasn't really gotten out there yet, but um, is that uh, and even within still life, there's like um, there's different sort of themes that Oops. I want to explore and so how like do you do you want an artist is it better to have an artist uh on your end who's you know say doing wine paintings or doing flowers or doing something right. like is it better for you to have a guy who's just consistently hitting that note or someone who does a little bit of this a little bit of that um, you know what i mean honestly i think that is more of um what the artist can make successfully. Um, mm -hmm. I think as the gallery, it's sort of in our best interest to, to allow the artist to, to come up with their subjects and, and do what speaks to them. Um, I don't see that one is more successful than the other, um, given okay. just that, that one criteria, you know, based on, on their subject matter being consistent or not. I think we have artists that, that stray in their subject matter and, mm -hmm. and can be very, very well collected. Um, and I think it has to do with um, more of what the artist is trying to say with the work um, and what speaks to them and what message they're trying to give. Um, because I think that if, when, when the artist is personally connected to the subject matter and, and sort of what they're trying to say, the, right. the work is far more successful. I mean, um, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm talking about artists that we work with that, that are very, very talented, that do great work, that get a commission and, and it doesn't come out nearly as well as, as their body of work. Uh, yeah. Just because uh, yeah. it's something that, that somebody else came up with, you know, right. it's not something that their heart was in, that they, they had a reason to do, you know, it's just a mm -hmm. different thing. And then, and truthfully, I'm not an artist, so I don't know the full process that goes into it, but at the end of the day, you're spending hours and days with with this this thing on a canvas you know so yeah so yeah. you you do have a, a personal connection to it and it's something that's going to exist forever as, as a part of you so um i think when so would you say at that then then it becomes more yeah, that's what more I was important to, say to keep your quality of artist okay. and what yeah what they're trying to say with their work i don't think it's okay. necessarily that it has to be a, a consistent uh, subject matter, but at the same time, you do. You, I mean, you do want to have some consistency in in the body of work, so that people know what they're expecting. Um, granted, throughout throughout an artist's career, they may stray and do other things and explore other mediums or or other subjects. Um, but I think there should be some there should be some underlying common thread, whether sure. whether it's uh, you know what they're trying to say or it's the subject matter whatever it is if they're trying to be uh socially impactful or or something there should be something that the artist is known for um that there's a platform you know that makes the body of work cohesive in some way but i don't think yeah. that that um that thread has to be the subject matter okay <clears throat> cool um Let's see. Where should we go next? Um, so you got a little bit into um, artist, uh, yeah, new artists approaching the gallery. Yeah. So what are what are some of the qualities of of an artist submission that that will can get somebody to the top of the pile? Um, so there's no there's no way to get to the top of my pile i review everything that comes in um and yeah. for the most part it, it's reviewed in the order it comes in um uh -huh. 
there's no uh, explicit submission, uh, you know, formula that I asked for. Okay. So people will send in, you know, a, a CD of images and, and a CV and, and all their awards and whatever else they've, they've accomplished. Um, some people send in hard copies of photographs. Um, some people uh, email me just really casually. And that's mm -hmm. honestly, <laughs> for the most part, what I prefer. It's the easiest yeah. way to, to really stay in touch with somebody. Um, and then and then you get the people that come to the art fairs that, you know, that approach you. And I'll be completely honest, advice to all the artists listening to this, do not approach galleries at art fairs. That's the last thing <laughs> that they want to be doing, is okay, reviewing good. artist submissions while they're trying yeah. to sell their artist's work. Because as, as an artist, you should appreciate the fact that, that that's what we're spending our time doing and a lot of money doing um, for the artists that we're, we're currently working with. So for devoting, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll just give you an example. When, when I was out in L.A. in January, um, and L.A. has become sort of a, an artist, artist community, um, mm -hmm. a lot of my time was spent talking to artists um, and, and, not, yeah. and, and just – not even artists that would would want to to necessarily show with us. I mean, I would assume a lot of them wanted to, you know, get representation, but um, just casually talking about about the works, um, and then you know, twenty minutes in mentioning that their work is very similar to to this work, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because it ends up taking a lot of your time, and, and the reason that you're there is to to get these works in front of the right people and to, in front of collectors and and to build you know, a reputation for the artist. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to, to submitting, submitting, I would say to get in touch at the appropriate time. Um, so email somebody so they can get back to you, you know, what, when they have, they have a minute or they can actually review things and they're not tied up with other things because as the artist, you want to, you want to put yourself in that best position to, to get representation as well. And if you're uh -huh. approaching somebody and and the the net effect of, of what you're doing is, is annoying them or pissing them off. You know, <laughs> you're probably not yeah. going to get what you want. So right. so you should factor that in. Um, and because at the end of the day, you're you're looking for representation. You're looking for them to to sort of do something for you, take yeah. you on. And and um, so so. Well, what about how? Do, where's the line between um, annoying and? persistent so let's say somebody emails you and you're busy but they don't know what's going on and it's you know two or three weeks pass and you know is it cool for them to to email yeah, you again 100 yeah. yes if, okay. if someone doesn't get back to you in a timely manner you have every right to annoy the hell out of them that's my <laughs> that's my feeling about it um because the reality is that that a gallery owner probably has a lot going on and if they haven't mm -hmm. gotten back to you they may have forgotten and if you want to if you want to get representation and you want um, you want to sort of make a name for yourself, uh, staying in front of, keeping your name in front of that, that gallery owner, um, is the only way that it's going to happen. Um, if you don't continue to push, uh, it show it, I mean, to a gallery owner, that's just all it's going to show is sort of a lack of drive or motivation. So, so, okay. um, I may come across an email like in the middle of, of, uh, whatever it is, a, mo a morning when I come in to work and, um, for the first few hours, uh, unpacking paintings and then paying bills and doing something else. And, and for whatever reason, it slips my mind and, and the days go on and, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not going back through old emails for the most part. Maybe it'll be a week or two before I, I have some time where I can just right. scroll back through emails I may have missed. But, um, but I think, and you know, at the end of the day, it may not be too impactful if you have to wait a few extra weeks. But at the same time, if, if you're an artist who's sort of, um, you know, it, it's a week and you haven't heard anything back, sort of like, oh, I, you know, I received your submission. Yeah, you should you should get back in touch and just confirm that they got it. Um, at the very least, it takes me two minutes to say, yeah, you know, I got it. I haven't had a chance to review it yet, but I'll be back in touch as soon as I can. Um, yeah. Because at least it shows that the artist is serious about about working with us and uh, it at least establishes some sort of direct contact uh, at that point, um, cool. so I may not, I may not immediately review what they what they sent in, um, but at least it puts my mind back on that, right? And it's on my list of things to do. Um, and then, cool, yeah. So that's, I don't think that it's it's um, it's bad for you to sort of 
to be on a gallery owner. Yeah, that's uh, about reviewing your submission. You know, that's what it's the, good to know because uh, you know on, um, and I probably I probably looked fairly bad to uh, one gallery owner that I kind of met a, a couple years ago, and then you know they were interested and said, hey, let's have a meeting, and then. Um, you know, I called to try to arrange the meeting and then, you know, guy was busy, didn't get back. And, yeah. and, uh, I, I sort of took it as, um, okay, well, like you know, blowing you off kind of thing. He's sort of blowing me off. And, and, um, you know, then I don't know, I guess we're sensitive anyway. So yeah. I was just like, oh, okay, and, okay and fine. You know, I'll, I'll just a, move on. You know? <laughs> human and, and the reality is, is that, and, and it's happened to me before too, where, where you sort of put somebody off because, and I'm not saying this is the case, but but you know we're, we're humans. You're a human. You don't want to hurt someone's feelings. So so if yeah. if it came to the point where someone's really nice to you and approaches you in a great way, you don't want to be like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to work with you. You might put them off with the hopes that uh, an opportunity present, presents itself where you can give that person an opportunity to show their work uh, at a show or it fits into a group show that you're doing and and you're trying to find mm-hmm. that because if if you, if um, an artist came to me and and they were and I was sort of on the fence and I didn't yeah. want to I didn't want to burn that bridge. I may I may say you know come back to me in a few months or or sort of put off that that ultimate decision to to see if you can make something work because at the end of the day, like I said, we're we're humans. We understand that you're trying to make money ultimately so that you can live. Um, right. And and I, I want to be able to provide that opportunity for people. You know, um, so. I think that it's important for you to stay on someone's case until you get a decision one way or the other. Um, okay. But I cool. think when you sort of drop off, um, it, it yeah, it I guess it says to the to the gallery owner, well, yeah. they weren't that they weren't that uh, um, interested anyway, or yeah, I mean, that's not the right word. As, but as an artist, but, if, if you get the feeling that the the person isn't that interested, uh, I mean, to be completely blunt, if if there's an artist that that I fall in love with and I think we can sell, for the most part, I'm gonna do everything I can to get that artist in right away. Um, mm-hmm. If it's somebody that I'm sort of on the fence about, uh, it's it's just gonna be a slower process. It's gonna, it's, it's just- it's, So it's, would those people, like you, like you were just mentioning, would somebody that you're on the fence about, would they sort of go into a, Hey, well, well, we might approach them for a group show at some point. Would they go in? Is do you have kind of different categories like no, that? No, I don't think that it's. I don't think that I like. I would filter them out and be like, all right, well, they're just gonna sit off on the side until like I have a group show yeah. that they work with. Um, but I would say to, to that artist, you know, continue showing me new works that you're doing, so I can see. For in, in my understanding, over the time that I've, I've worked with art, and I've only been, you know, at with with Ray's Galleries, which is my family's gallery, for about five years. Um, okay. But in my experience, artists improve greatly as they work. So, and and sometimes it's from work to work. So mm-hmm. uh, you may show me a body of work that you've done, you know, since you graduated college up until this point, um, or up until last year, whatever, you know you have your, your typical portfolio you submit. And then in the past year, you may have been, you know, do, working on new things that that are far different. It may not seem different to you, but as a, as a gallery, you're looking for different things. You're looking for marketability of work. You're looking for the narrative of the work um, and, and what you think press will really latch on to because at the end of the day, that's the easiest way and, and the most cost-effective way to, to build a name for an artist is through um, through, you know, press, uh, uh-huh. unpaid advertising. Well, what, what kind of press? Any, press. like any press you okay. can get. <laughs> if it's good press, bad press, anything, get people talking about you, get people yeah. to follow you on Instagram, get people to okay. follow you on Facebook, get, just get eyes on you. Um, as silly as it sounds and as cliche as it sounds, um, because I can't tell you how many galleries have made a name for themselves over the years and throughout history by becoming entangled in scandals, uh, <laughs> in bankruptcies, in forgeries, and all these things. And what happens <laughs> yeah. is they get written about in the newspaper. And then the next, in five years, when someone says, oh, honey, let's go look for paintings, they say, oh, you know, I, re- I remember reading about uh, this yeah. in the newspaper. Uh, they don't remember why they read about them, but so, yeah. And then. So. Um, there, there's an idea out there that, that artists should, um, 
be sort of um, promote themselves in, in kind of a celebrity kind of way. Now that that gets you press, I guess. Yeah. Um, is that the kind of thing that you're talking about? Or? Um, I think there's all a whole range um, yeah. that goes into it, but I think that to, in today's, you know, the way that social media factors into into the world today. I think mm -hmm. that it's important for, for every artist to have a presence and a following and and sort of a point that allows collectors to directly connect with that person. Because when you have okay. a more personal connection, um, I think more Well, do you think that that's... I, sorry to jump in. Um, but do you think if, if collectors get sort of access to the artist right. through social media, yeah. is that... Uh, counterproductive for you not like are you are you worried about collectors I'm, and artists I am absolutely being... worried about it but it shouldn't be a factor so the reality okay. is, is that in a working relationship um and, and i think this factors in again to, to how we decide on what artists we're, we're ultimately going to work with and and what artists we continue to work with has to do with how they handle these situations and and i can be completely honest with you that that we have parted ways with the number of artists um, for going ahead and, and, and selling works directly, uh, especially when when it comes from uh, a collector or someone who very well may have found that artist because of the work that we've done. Um, right. So there's there's really nothing worse for a gallery than than doing an art fair and then then uh, yeah. you know fifty thousand people come to the fair and then. Whoever may be interested contacts that artist directly through their website or through social media, and yeah. and buys something and sort of circumvents because at the end of the day, uh, you know the bottom line is is that if you, if you if you're able to cut out the gallery, you're going to be saving money, um, and and the artists can either sell their work for a lower price or they're going to be taking more in their pocket, um, mm -hmm. but you have to remember that. The gallery is really is, is doing a lot of work on your behalf, so you're cutting that person out, and and you have to understand whether or not that's that's worth it to you as an artist to do, um, right. because if you burn that bridge and, and you burn enough of them, uh, you're not going to be able to get representation. You know, the art world's a small enough place where where word gets around, um, and and if you're in in your as an artist, if you're in a fortunate fortunate enough position to be able to, to market your work success, successfully on your own um, and move product and support yourself, then, then by all means, you know, you don't need a gallery to do it. And um, you're one less artist that I have to worry about, you know, work. <laughs> uh, no, but um, I, I think at the end of the day, like you said, you know, you're in, you're in your studio for 40 hours a week, uh, unless you're posting pictures on Instagram and, and the works are flying off your easel because of that, uh, you need somebody out there sort of uh, as an agent marketing yeah. on your behalf. So Right. Um, I think at the end of the day, the artist has to realize that, that it's, it's a business relationship and that you're supplying a product to, mm -hmm. to a retail setting. Um, and that if your retail setting disappears, there's nobody, you know, building that market for you. You have to do it on your own. And uh, so what are the things, um, okay. So, well, let's get into that a little bit. So how, what, how do you go about building a market for for a new artist? Um, it's it's sort of all the things that I've sort of talked about, and it, it, it has to do with, yeah. with you know doing the shows, and, and I think that's the sort of the first step, uh, doing okay. a lot of like art fairs and and getting. Uh, so just get, getting the getting, getting the work in front of on, as many eyeballs, eyeballs you know, the as average people, because the reality yeah. is that uh, today. Everyone that comes to an art fair is not a collector. For the most part, they're coming because it's sort of a thing to do now. You know, you want to come, you want yeah. to take pictures, and you want to Instagram that you were there, and and uh, you want to go see all this interesting art and, and whatever else. So, uh, at the end of the day, I think the first step is is getting eyeballs on the works and sort mm -hmm. of creating a following, even if it's not collectors, even if it's just you know a bunch of high school girls that that like it and they're sharing. So, pictures. do you guys do do you guys do a lot of um... And I think I already know the answer to yeah. this, but do you guys do a lot of social media where you do that kind of thing, where you you're yeah. Instagramming a picture of artist your artist's work and yeah. and all of that? Yeah, very much so. So I think okay. it's a it's a big deal today to have mm -hmm. that presence everywhere because if you don't, I think people sort of judge you for it. If you if you go onto Instagram and you search for 
a brand or a name or something and you don't get a result, you yeah. sort of have this like reactions like why well you know, why not? Are they not are they not like big enough to handle that kind of thing? Like what what exactly yeah, the that's true. behind it? Uh, if you I mean how how often would you go to to a Facebook page or, or someone you search for something and, and there's no Facebook page for them. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, That's true. It looks bad. Yeah. So I think you need to have the presence. We post regularly. We had to try to post every day. Uh, mm -hmm. if not, if not twice a day, um, it's pictures of, of works that, that were, you know, artists that we're representing or fairs that we're doing, or, uh, even if it's just news, just putting, putting something out there, for people to follow you, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would you? I guess you. Would you say that's the same? Same goes for artists that they they need to be doing that themselves. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's really important for for anyone to, to like I said, to have that presence. It's it's that personal connection that you want to sort of foster with with mm -hmm. the the collectors. Um, but at the end of the day, and, and this sort of goes back to who the artist is and I guess the, the integrity and, and how strong the working relationship is. But, but you'd expect that with these new channels for, for getting in touch with an artist directly, that, that anything that, that comes about is really directed back to the gallery. Um, that's sort of what you expect. Uh, uh -huh. So is there, is there room for, um, I don't know. Is there a way to, to kind of separate, um, is there a scenario where you can imagine that you could work with an artist who's selling some things on their own and some things through the gallery? If there's like a clear yeah. demarcation about uh, maybe it's like the size of the work that they're selling on their own or the price point, or yeah. is it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, yeah, we we do we do work with a couple artists that that market. Um, sort of through their own channels, um, but it's sort of it's work that we either don't take, or it's because they are producing um, other, you know, another vein of work uh, that's like a more professional commercial thing that they're doing. Uh, okay, that doesn't just fit into our aesthetic. Um, so there are artists that that are hired by companies or, or, um, you know, we, we, there are some artists that we work with that do comic books or book covers or, mm. um, one in particular is actually one of the artists that does, uh, the magic, the gathering playing card, original artwork for, so oh, a lot cool. of that stuff, uh, while it's really cool, it just doesn't work yeah. with, with the aesthetic of, of the gallery. Um, right. and we're certainly not in a position to hold back. And one of the artists we work with from, from selling work that they're doing. Um, right. So, uh, you know, it really depends if uh, at the same time, though, if they're, and it's a case by case basis, you know, if there was another artist who was producing six paintings a year and, um, and I found out that we were getting four of them and he's trying to sell two of them on his own so that he can, you know, make some extra money. Um, I probably would have hesitations about working with that artist because if they're contacted for a commission by one of my clients, they're very likely to take it. Um, if they're contacted yeah. by somebody just along the way that may have come to an art fair and seen me or, or come to a show at the gallery or saw uh, an ad in a magazine that I ran for that artist and then decided to contact them directly, you're sort of, of um, circumventing all those efforts that I did on your behalf and, you know, yeah. not getting recouped for, for doing all, you know, all those costs that I incurred. Um, and then you're sort of getting the, the benefit from it still. So, um, right. I, I, was certainly I can see that. I definitely see that um, on your end. But let's say, and I mean, your, your answer probably doesn't change because I, I understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. But I guess an artist, you know, just say they just get contacted by somebody yeah. for a commission, yeah. you know, the and say the person's not going to tell them, the feeling, hey, I, know I saw, saw you at the booth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like the, I, I could imagine the innate feeling is like, oh, this person went ahead and like they they saw my like they love my work. They decide to contact me. So who knows if it came from the gallery, where it came from. Um, yeah. but, and just like you addressed before, you could imagine what I'm going to say. Um, 
the reality is it doesn't really change the situation at all. So the way that I see it, um, and again, I'll keep kind of trying to drill this in, is that it's a business relationship. If I'm a gallery that's decided to uh, sort of take on the the expense of marketing your work and 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 putting throwing myself behind you and pushing your stuff out there, then I sort of expect the same courtesy where uh, if you are contacted, you should sort of refer them back. Everything should go through the gallery as um, as not only keeping track of, of the work going on to the market, um, but just sort of managing the deal. Um, uh-huh. Because I think there's a certain professional, uh, certain professionalism by going through a gallery and dealing with with uh, with a gallery and, sure. and buying a work that way um, versus sort of dealing with the artist directly. And then that also, you know, is furthered by the gallery sort of standing behind the work. I think that there's sort of a testament to to the quality of a work or or um, or just the fact that that there is a name of a, a gallery. depends obviously on the reputation of the gallery. Um, yeah, sure. But but someone that's willing to stand behind it or, or guarantee authenticity mm-hmm. if something were to go wrong in the future or um, even as something I mean, granted, this is not for for the artist's benefit, but uh, something where you're looking to sell the work down the line as the as the the ideal channel to to filter that work back through. Um, so I think there's something to, you know, regulating the inventory and the flow of, of work to the market and then. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's, it's compensating the gallery for the work that they do on your behalf. Um, because this person may have started following you because of an Instagram post I made and I tagged you in that post and now they follow you and they've been following you for a few years and they decided to buy something. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, if I'm, if I'm spending, if I'm constantly spending my money to market you and and to do, you know, to do things on your behalf, um, I sort of expect that that when you get contacted that, that you refer them back and and to be completely honest for the most part almost all of the artists that we work with do that um mm-hmm. and in the past when when something hasn't it, it certainly has created an issue uh because i yeah. think it's it's more of a trust issue at that point then you know um we're very personal the way that we do things like i mentioned it's a family uh-huh. business so um if we're working with you 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 know my whole family you know it's right. it's a it's a sort of a different. It's sort of unique, I guess, for for the art world. Um, but uh, I think a lot of a lot of the business that we do depends on trust and and how much you can trust one of your artists and um, whether or not they're they have they equally have your best interest in mind. Because at the end of the day, sure. I, I have the best interest of my artists in mind whenever I'm doing anything. Uh, yeah. It wouldn't be good if I if I marketed them in in a bad way, or if I brought them to shows that were subpar to the quality of their work, or or anything like that. So, um, mm-hmm. I just sort of expect the same in return uh, as to what right. what I'm giving. That that makes perfect sense. But what if what if a, an artist is in multiple galleries? It gets a yeah, I feel like little, it gets a lot more complicated at that point. There, you know? A little more interesting, um, yeah. different dynamic, and um, the the ideal way to do that. And and if, I know before I get into that, I'll I'll talk to I'll talk to the point of of working with multiple galleries in the first place. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so that that's a factor that we look at when we're evaluating an artist. And if you're working with First of all, if you're working with another art uh, gallery in our market, you know if, if you if you're represented by another gallery in New York, probably not going to show you because I'm going to yeah. be creating competition within my own city. Right. If you're shown by eight to ten other galleries, I'm probably not going to work with you because, as I mentioned before, it has to do with your pace and how how much work you're supplying. So if I right. get one painting from you a year and I sell it, and then I have collectors that come and I'm like, I don't have any more work from this guy. No, yeah. It doesn't look good for the gallery. I, I need to have some sort of inventory, and and the reality is that that's sort of how you generate buzz and how you generate demand for something. Is uh, say uh, say you gave me a painting of yours, a major painting that we sold for twenty thousand dollars, and um, I go and I make some email announcements and I do all this marketing about oh we sold this major work by Daniel Grant, and then I get contacted by other collectors. And say I want to buy a work. I get contacted by five people, and I have nothing else to sell them. What good is that? What good has that done? You know, yeah. they have to wait 
right, you know, right. eight months to a year for the next work, whatever it is, um, that dries up. Most likely that collector is going to go find something else they like to fill that space on their wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so ideally what you want is, is to have a steady flow. So if you're working with too many galleries, you're, you're spreading yourself too thin. Um, right. And my assumption is going to be that you're not going to be supplying me with work. And then to further that, I'm going to be competing with every other gallery to get your best pieces. So right, um, right. I have to be able to position myself in a way where I'm, I'm, I have the best relationship with you and you're going to be giving me first crack at each work and I'll be able to pick and choose what I want. Um, or you just simply have a, you know, a scheduled cycle where you're, it's just this work goes here, this next work goes to this gallery, this next work, and it just continues in that way. Right. Um, but I think it's, it just it complicates things. It makes it very difficult. And then to get to your point that you were asking is, uh, you know, if you're contacted directly, how do you know which gallery sort of is the one right. that, that gets that sale? And um, I would say that that's sort of a twofold question. One would be if, if you're comfortable enough uh, in the context of that conversation with that particular potential buyer uh, to find out how they came about okay. finding yeah. your work. Um, and if not, uh, truthfully, it would go back to sort of cycling through your galleries, um, and, and, you know, filtering them off and, you know, uh, sort of a rotational way, um, whereas you're contacted by this guy. And, and so you send them off either because oh, he's, I see. he's okay. in the mar- he's in the New York market. So he can, he can go to a physical space and see works or, uh-huh. um, Gallery one gets the first one, gallery two gets the second, gallery three, and then it goes back to gallery sure. one, and it goes around in the cycle. So you're, you're maintain, at the end of the day, you want to maintain the best relationships with your galleries because even if, even if one of them falls apart, you don't want that gallery owner going around and telling other galleries that you're difficult to work with um, yeah, sure. or anything like that. You know, it's, right. it's just not, it's not in your best interest. So um, I think you, you have to think about the long term, uh, the impact that, that your actions have on, you know, on your career. This is, you know, this is what you're doing for your life. You've devoted your life to it. So, um, you gotta, you gotta think about the, the whole impact that you're, you're having. Absolutely. Um, cool. I want to ask you now about websites. What are, and, and artist websites that yeah. you look at. So what are some of the, um, I don't know, are, are there things that an artist that you don't want to see on a website or things that you do want to see on a website? What does the best artist website look like to you, I guess? Um, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's the best you know, formula for the best website and what to have and what not to have. Yeah. I think um, it's important to have really as much information as you can put out there. Uh, okay. So if you've won awards, if you your education um, – Whatever, whatever it is about you that makes you unique, if you want to address what your work is about, I think that's really important. Um, okay. A lot of artists, especially in the more academic realist, um, seem to not have um, as grand of an idea behind their work as some mm-hmm. other artists. Um, sure. You know, they sort of arrange, whether it's a still life or a landscape, um, they're their focus is on the technique and executing, um, you know, ex- most exact way. And, and they're not always right. thinking about the message behind it. And I think that's a huge, huge deal today. I think people want to not only mm. buy something beautiful, but they want to buy something interesting. And I think the best way of doing that is by, by having a story or a narrative behind the work. So, okay. if, so as an artist, if, if there's a message, like I sort of alluded to earlier, if you're, more having trying to have a social impact somewhere or, or um, trying to have a voice for a movement or whatever it is, you want to address that and sort of be clear and, and give um, your viewers and potential collectors an understanding of what you're all about. Because if you can make yourself more personable, more relatable, um, at the end of the day, that's, that's ultimately better for you. Uh, you're going to yeah. attract more people. So I think you should put as much information up there. I um, you know, sort of alluding to some of the other points you made, I don't think that there's a problem with having a direct contact, uh, you know, section on your website uh-huh. where people can get in touch with you directly because um, a, there are going to be a lot of people that, that try to circumvent the gallery. So you shouldn't cut them off. You should 
you know, reply to them, tell, redirect them to a gallery, pass off their information to, to one of your representatives. Um, and then at the same time, you're going to be contacted by a ton of other people probably that are not potential buyers, maybe media, maybe um, people looking to, you know, put your work up on their Instagram, whatever it is, you know. Yeah, um, sure. So there's just a ton of other things. So you should have some way for people to get in touch with you because those aren't things that the gallery should, uh, you know, be maintaining. Um, we we mm -hmm. can do press and that sort of stuff, but if your um, if your work is going to be, you know, you're, wants to be used by somebody for something, you know, you can you can handle those things. The gallery can do it too, but it's not something that's necessary for the gallery to do. You know, so. Um, it's a way for you to build personal relationships with, with collectors and, and followers. Um, so I, I strongly recommend, you know, you as an artist having direct uh, contact and relationships with, with your audience. Um, other things to have on your, your site, I would try and just say, keep it as up to date as possible. So as okay. works sell, make sure they're marked sold. If works are available, make sure they're listed as available and where they're available, what galleries they can be found at. Um, okay. And on 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 that note, I'm going to jump in real quick. Yeah. Um, that goes back to, I, and I'm only asking about this because I recently had a, a conversation with somebody in the business about this, um, this scarcity idea. Yeah. So if you have, say you have, say you actually have 10 or 12 paintings that are available yeah. uh should you whittle that down to two or three on your website because it looks like well i think that's a does it look bad to have a bunch out there yeah that's like, look like your works aren't selling um yeah so i think that is best answered by the person you've selected as your representative uh you know that's something that you you talk to your gallery about and sort of come up with a a plan for um so if the gallery says to you you know i think it's best that we release this group of works uh to the market and we're going to hold on to these other six paintings and we're going to release them, you know, in the summer or whatever the next season or after these batch, this batch sells. Um, and that's something that you have to do sort of in conjunction with your gallery. Uh, come up with, with a, a plan, a plan of action and, and you know, execute it and, and you got to stick to it. So, um, you know, whatever it is, a work sells, you should take it off or, or mark it sold um, mm -hmm. so that you're not continuously contacted by people looking for this work and then they're disappointed that the work's no longer available um or or uh, just continue updating things new things that are done you should be putting up there uh again in conjunction with the gallery as the gallery releases them um and and mark things sold that's that's really uh that's really the most important thing with with the works you're displaying um i wouldn't i would never you know some artists want to take old works down because they don't think that they they still fit with what they're doing, so they don't want to turn right. collectors off from you know what they may have done in the past, whatever else. I think it's really important to, to keep your full body of work on the site. Oh, um, okay. I think that I think it shows how you've grown, sort of where you've come from, and and the direction that you're headed. I think it gives a, a clearer picture, you know, as the of the artist as a whole. Um, what if some of the other stuff is yeah. not living up to where you're that at? That said, you I'm know, currently, to that. yeah. If if there's something that that reflects, if you it truly reflects poorly on you, yeah. I mean, that's a sort of a case by case situation, and I think you have to make the best decision sure. for yourself there. Um, but just sort of a general rule of thumb, I would say, uh, it's better to leave uh, your body of work because it shows that. Uh, you know, if you had really bad work two years ago and your work today looks incredible, it shows how much you've improved and, and sort of the dedication that you've put in. Um, and I think there's a testament to that and that yeah. shows something. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I guess in that like, case, maybe you should like, I guess you should make clear on the website, hey, this is yeah, five years can, ago or this is 10 of, years um, ago or something like that. You can, yeah. you can address it via yeah. posting by year, you know, when sure. things were done. Or you can even uh, go as far as to, you know, make commentary on on what was going on. You know, the more information you give, like I said, is it makes you more relatable, more personable. Um, oh. So if you're talking about something that happened in your life that that changed the style of your work, or um, you went to you went to a, a school somewhere and you got an education for you, whatever it was, something that changed, yeah. you you can make a note of that, you know, and. Right there, where the work is, you know, make somebody aware of 
of, of the change. I don't think there's a problem with that. Um, do collectors generally like to know that kind of story about an artist or? Yeah, I think so. I think, uh, yeah. I think anybody, I think that's probably one of the more interesting things, you know, aside from, from the actual image in front of you, that's all that else there is really is, is the story of the artist and who they were and, and what they're all about. And I think, uh, what they've done and where they've gone and, and all that factors into it. And I think, mm-hmm. uh, some of that truthfully is, is enough to sell the work on its own. I think, mm. um, you know, where an artist is from or what they're talking about and what they're addressing, you know, if, if that in itself moves you, that, that can move someone to buy, to buy a piece, you know, even if the, the particular subject doesn't speak to them or they don't love, you know, they, they want to own something by this person. Yeah, they connect more so, personally. So you're just providing, huh. uh, you know, another another means to sell a work. Um, so I don't I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with, with giving more information. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I think we've basically covered everything i had in mind is cool. there anything you want to say as we as we wrap up um, anything no i mean not really i think uh i think that went well i think uh we covered pretty much everything you had on your questions here yeah in a kind of roundabout way i think we got to everything um well cool thanks thanks so much for doing this yeah, lance for sure. um, i think it's been truly uh enlightening uh it's it's really great to get to get uh straight from uh the gallery's perspective so thanks again well thanks for having me all right man well we'll talk to you later good talking to you all right bye okay thanks again to lance for a very open straightforward conversation about the artist gallery relationship so it looks like when it comes to galleries, you're either in or you're out. You know, there's really not much room, if any, for selling some of your work through galleries and, and some of it on your own, which I totally get. You know, it makes sense. Um, I can see how you could quickly become uh, basically a competitor with, with your gallery because, you know, obviously we want to make 100% if we can and not 50%. So. Um, I, I totally understand that from the gallery's perspective. Um, so, you know, but that does leave us in a place where you're, you're totally with galleries or you're totally on your own and you have to find your own collectors, which, you know, as we heard from Graydon Parrish a couple episodes ago, that is, it is possible, but, um, and I think it's a big but, that's... It's just not easy to do that. It requires a ton of hustle and time out of the studio, you know, and and becoming uh, a real social fixture in your community, you know, where you join various boards and organizations and and volunteer a bunch of your time. Um, But, you know, as Graydon said, um, in his experience, these are places where you you can meet a lot of people who appreciate um, what we do and and you know, that we make art that's carefully crafted and and made with real skill uh, and love. And, you know, and regardless if you go on your own or or go with galleries, you know, that that stuff is good. Um, It's beneficial to get out and and have a robust social life and, and, you know, and meet people who appreciate what we do. Um, And, you know, and and because like what Lance was saying, you know, let's say you do meet people um, and they're interested in your work. And, and if you're not ready or you just don't want to go totally on your own, you can cycle those people back through your galleries uh, with commissions. Um, but, you know, it, even if you do all that, it doesn't mean that even if you meet a lot of great people who appreciate what, what you do, it doesn't mean that it's going to necessarily turn into commissions. So, um you know, I, I think for most people, galleries still remain an important part of our careers. And so then it becomes crucially important to find a gallery or galleries um, that that are going to sincerely back your work and that are going to put the time into finding collectors for your work and building your career and um, and basically, you know, really earning that that 50 percent commission on your work okay 
Hey, there are not many opportunities to study with Douglas Flint or Scott Waddell in the flesh, but this summer right here in Austin, Texas, you can get downright up close and personal with each of them. July 7th through 10th, Doug will be here teaching his new color and light workshop. This is an opportunity to go deep into these concepts with Doug, who is probably the world's top expert on color mixing based on the interaction of light and form. And I don't think that's an exaggeration either. At the very least, he's in the top three, but he's probably the best. Um, so go to Douglas Flint Workshop dot blogspot.com doug's written a great uh description of what you can expect out of this workshop there and um that's where you can register douglas flint workshop.blogspot.com then in september september 7th through the 11th scott waddell is here teaching his portrait painting workshop this is literally your only chance to study portrait painting with scott this year uh, in the flesh. So I don't need to tell you guys how fantastic Scott is as an artist and instructor. Um, he and Doug have been so influential to so many young, great artists. Um, so come study with Scott. Uh, go to scottwaddellworkshop.blogspot.com to sign up and get all the info on that. And that's all i have for you this episode so uh thanks again keep listening um go to itunes subscribe give us off the charts ratings and email me danny at dannygrantfineart.com that's a new email address uh let me know what you think love to hear with love to hear from you okay thanks everybody see you next time Let's